So that was what would make that tape magical is listening to this trailer for this (laughs) this movie and hearing this man laughing a good hearty healthy laugh at it you know when shit's funny you just gotta laugh and I do have um, a videotape my father started recording music videos in 1983 when there was something on Friday nights called Friday Night Videos I think it was on Channel 13 in Baltimore um I, I'm trying to think if you were alive at that time. No, you were two. <laughs> yeah. Friday Night Videos is the thing. They premiered Michael Jackson's Thriller. The oh, game, shit. Yeah, the uncut Thriller. Yeah. The whole... That was, that's John Landis, right? Who directed that? I don't know. I think it is John Landis. Um, the See You Next Wednesday guy. Because he always has See You Next Wednesday in his movies. Mm. It's, it's in the Michael Jackson video, too. <laughs> so, because my father recorded music videos, I took over that mantle in the late 80s and started recording music videos. And I would even transfer music videos, I, I think... I'm probably misremembering now. It's funny how memory becomes like a hallucination after time, isn't it? Yeah. But I have a six-hour videotape that spans from 1983 to 1991 of music videos and music video fragments from that time period. Yeah. And MTV. And there are commercials in there. One of these days, we'll have to get a bunch of people together, stick that tape in. I still have the tape and watch it for as many hours as we can take. Yeah, and you're right. I'm totally, it's man. the commercials that are gonna. Kill it. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, do you have incidental moments like that in your videos, or you know what I mean? Where, like, the set, you know, the set is cool. It was a cool show the band did, but it's like looking back, it might be like, what is that guy doing? Absolutely, and um, unfortunately, the only thing that comes to mind right now. Uh, <laughs> This is such a weird example. Um, are you familiar with the, you familiar with the current space? Yeah. Yeah. The, the cur- you have the current gallery, but behind it is this asphalt parking lot. Is, is it a parking lot? Where, where live events happen. It's the current space. And I was there one night shooting a show. And there's a big parking lot next to the current space, like an actual parking lot. And I don't know why, but I turned and looked over there. And for some reason, two of Baltimore's finest were shoving someone into an alley. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> I know this is kind of heavy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should delete this part because I'll disappear. Uh, <laughs> real soon, I'll, I'll be in that alley next to the current space. And that, that'll, be, that'll be the story of me. But I, I turned the camera over on them and zoomed in. My Canon Vixia has a bad-ass zoom. So even though I was in the back, I was in the back of the lot, trying to zoom in on what was going on the stage. No one was performing at this time. I zoomed in on this thing. I don't know what was happening. I just saw some guy. Uh, he looked like maybe he was. He could have been there for the show, you know. Uh, young Caucasian dude, you know, perhaps hippie-ish, art student-ish looking. Yeah. Or who knows? Who knows? But I, and I saw these two cops, like, kind of advancing on him and him, like, talking and putting his hands up and all. And I just saw them, they start like physically like shoving him towards mm. this alleyway around the corner. And I just turned my camera on it and zoomed in on it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I have that somewhere on, obviously it's not on YouTube. And um, yeah, it's, it's weird recording stuff like that because um, another reason that I get, I get a little heavy about, I get a little down on what I do is, um, so you're familiar with Joe Giordano, yeah. correct? From City Paper. Uh, Joe, ha- Joe is fighting the good fight. 
he um he had a killer exhibit at the Reginald F. Lewis Museum where he went out and shot modern portraits of surviving civil rights activists and mm. leaders. Uh, they're utterly, utterly beautiful photographs. And he has a story to go with each one. And he, Mr. Giordano is a man who takes civil rights very seriously. And uh, when the Baltimore, when the riots and the uprising happened, uh, was that March? April. April. Yeah. It happened. You know, he was in the fray. In there, he was in there getting getting the photos, getting pepper sprayed, fucking just in there with the power. He's a true believer, and he was he's he's a hero to me. And I I try to wrap my head around what he's doing and what drives him to do what he does. And I ask myself, should I be doing that? Should I be taking my camera out of just the clubs and the shows? Which, even though it's hard work, what I do is easy. You know, and what Joe is doing is hard and it's dangerous and there's there's X factors. Joe doesn't know if he's gonna get hurt or injured or killed or arrested doing what he's doing, you know. Um so I I, I follow him and I and I, I, I pay attention to his work and I and I wonder I mean, but I, the coward in me says that, well, Joe's following his calling and I'm following my calling, therefore I don't have to run out into the fray, you know, and but why does that why does that make you why a coward? That, uh, I I can't figure out why I'm not out there with Joe, you know. And I I had the conversation for myself with myself every once in a while, mm. like because you want to be in some way. I think if, I don't know if I want to be or if I think that I should be. You know what I mean? It's one. Of those, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's it's one of those things. Like, am I taking my being a video guy in Baltimore far enough. So I worry about that sometimes. Worrying is stupid. When you're worrying, you're not doing. Yeah. You know? And if if I'm ready to jump into the fray, I'll grab my camera and monopod and run out there, you know, to a protest or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I I come up with bullshit excuses for not doing it. Like, I don't want to be seen, I don't want to seem like I'm the white guy out there exploiting this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's... It's, it's, I have that thought sometimes, but, you know, like I said, Joe Giordano is, is my fucking hero, mm. you know, and I, I think if anyone's listening to this and, and they're not familiar with Joe Giordano and he, um, he posts J.M. Giordano, go Google him, find his, his, I'm sure he must have an Instagram or a Tumblr, you know, yeah. check it out, follow, check out all of his stuff, you know, and of course he has, uh, <laughs> he has Tons of uh, of pictorials in city paper. Yeah, that's his home base, and he's a man who can photograph the uprising one day, or he can photograph a burlesque show the next day. Yeah, that's my man. There's another direction I could go off on, and I want to tread real carefully on this one. Um, I suppress some of my own videos because um, I don't want to put videos up on YouTube where, um, in a and I don't, I don't want to, if some, if a performer is doing something radical in an unguarded way, <laughs> I'm trying to word this carefully. Um, and I think it might actually expose them too much to put the video up. Uh, after we finish recording, I'll tell you exactly what I mean. Yeah. Um, but there, 
I, I'm very concerned for the DIY venues in the city um, because I was really rocked when the Broom Factory factory and the Coward Shoe got raided. Mm. Uh, I wonder why that happened. And I um, makes me very self-conscious about my videos because I wonder the hundreds of people that are clicking on them sometimes. I, I suspect people there are people watching my videos looking for evidence of things that would give them cause to target some of our friends, mm. you know, for, for, for police action. And, right. Um, so I, I don't want to put our friends in compromising situations. So, and, and that's another thing. I hope, I hope the artist, I hope artists who don't know me very well understand that I am very approachable. And if, if you know, I shot a video of something and you don't want it out there, I was recently. I recently went to went to an event where the final artist of the evening was a big fucking deal, and um, I don't mean that to be derogatory. There's this is, the yeah. is a big deal, and at the last second, it was. I, I was told. I'm like, yeah. Um, the, the artist has asked that you please not shoot video of this, you know, because you know I think the artist wants to keep a complete control of that performance and not have it out there. The thing is, though. If I record it and you don't want it out there, all you have to do is tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's our secret. You know, and also I'm I'm also willing to hand my videos over. I mean, I will always keep copies, but I would if anyone ever wants a copy of their material, like if you want a copy of something I shot of yours, but you don't want it public, that can happen. You know, yeah. I I'm totally agreeable to just about any demand an artist can have. And you know, it's a little heartbreaking to have an artist say, well, I want to shut Tom Kessler down because I would rather have control over my video. If I shoot a video of you, you can have as much control yeah. of it as you want. Yeah. You just, but you just have to, there has to be a dialogue, you know, and it, the dialogue can be perfunctory and monosyllabic, you know, just be like, shut it down. Don't do it. Right. Right. Cool. You're you, you're the you're the boss here. Yeah. The artist is the artist is the king and it has the final say. Yeah. You know, um. So if an artist wants me to suppress something, and I've actually recently gotten requests here and there from artists who have been like, can you please take down everything of mine you've ever oh, shot? Oh, Jesus. No. No, and that's... No, I'm just... Sorry. I, 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 I agree that... Yeah. You know? I agree that you should be accommodating, but that's kind of crazy. Well, it was. it's a thing. I mean, and I can, I can agree or disagree with their stated reason for doing so. Yeah. It's, at the end of the day, if that's not my decision. It's theirs. Right. It right. doesn't. I don't have. I. I don't have to have a single thought about why an artist wants me to take down one of their videos. I just do it if they yeah. ask. You know, or I switch it to private. You know, so and stuff like that. And it's. It's fine. Actually, remarkably few people have asked me to take it all down. You know? Yeah. And that's fine. That's actually. That's actually kind of amazing when you think about it. Yeah. So that's. You know, it always there's always a little sense like that sense of rejection, like shit. <laughs> you know, right, right. Um, there, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. Gonna, there's a tangent there. I could go off on, but we're gonna we're gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm very happy to suppress videos. I don't want to put videos up um, where artists seem to be in a compromising. Position. Yeah, I guess the only thing is, if you're doing anything at all. If you're playing shows and touring, there are just horrible cell phone videos of you on YouTube. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. why, why like look at these 
like a way tighter version of that and be like, this must go or something. Oh, I, I boy, know. oh boy. <laughs> You're so right. And I think, I don't know if you're remembering the conversation that we had during the, uh, when we were here for Jimmy's interview. But there, there, there is an art. There, there, there is a band in the city who is very serious about people not recording them. And um, I was at an event where it was it was a variety show type of deal, and it was the, one of the artists was kind of came in as sort of a, um, as a cameo, it was sort of an unannounced cameo. Yeah. And word came down to me, it's like this artist would rather you not shoot their set or not post it or something. They said they just don't want you to post it because they're concerned about their careers. Is, is the word that came down. And it did shoot it, and it is posted but unlisted, and the title is obscured. I, I, and there's no tag, no mention of who it is, and the reason I did that is so that those who arranged the event can watch the video. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I'm as good as my word. As far you know, so long as no one else leaks it, I ain't gonna leak it. Yeah. But while that artist was performing. Someone, I, I was watching someone had their phone out right over, right, there, right over <laughs> right. the keyboard, and was getting a cell phone video. And you know that cell phone video is on YouTube and yeah. tagged and titled. Yeah, the, the you know the shitty cell phone video thing is I I have <laughs> for as sensitive as I can be about my own videos, I can be a very 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 tough critic of other people's videos, and the whole shaky cell phone thing. <laughs> <laughs> bugs the shit out of me because it's not that hard to shoot a good video. Yeah. But I think a lot of people just don't... I take it for granted that... I take it for granted that I can shoot a steady-ish video. Yeah. <laughs> not all of them, but, you know, there there's as many failures as successes on my end. But other people will shoot uh, something that's just hard on your eyes. Right. <laughs> with, <laughs> right. with the shakiness and the framing and all. And I often wonder, I, I just wonder, and I also think a lot of people are they're having a good time and they're shooting while drunk, too. Yeah. Which I try not to do anymore myself. I think it's more, sometimes it's even more like, I'll put this up to show my friends that right now I'm at the Arcade Fire show. Or <laughs> like, like, it's not really like, they're not thinking about people watching it later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think it's somewhere in between. There's this whole selfie culture that that's going yeah. on now that's somewhat it's we're all part of it all three of us here in this room but it's also but it's it's deeply ingrained in the generations plural who are coming up yeah younger than us um i don't you know dan i just don't get kids nowadays <laughs> <laughs> those young people with their cell phones and their selfie sticks and their instagrams <laughs> And they're, they're goddamn hula hoops. <laughs> I just don't understand the kids and their, and their video games and their first person shooters. <laughs> you know, um, I don't under, I don't, t I can't tell you what the mindset is there because yeah. I'm so far removed from them in terms yeah. of age. Damn, damn it, damn kids just don't take any pride in their work anymore. <laughs> the, the goddamn young people and their shaky can cell phones. <laughs> That's become the norm. Um, and that actually emboldens me. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. like, there may be a lot about my video that's bullshit, but by God, I'm going to put it on this monopod, and I'm going to hold that sucker steady, yeah. and I'm going to frame this shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, not, you know, I, I, I've mentioned more than once that I talked to a pro, and he's like, yeah, you know, your, your thing I, makes me snicker. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he would snicker when I would say, yeah, did you see the video I shot in black and white? <laughs> he would snicker a little bit. 
about the sepia filter. Mm. Subsequently, I talked to our man, Joshua Emmett, who also is Joshua Nielsen, I believe. Yes. This is Baltimore's like Gotham City, where you can be Kevin Gift and Wendell Patrick. Everybody <laughs> has two identities in the night. But uh, subsequent to that, I told Josh about meeting the pro. And what, what, what did Josh say? Well, Josh did say, fuck that guy. Um, and he said that we don't have, because of our age, Josh is also in his 30s. You know, We don't have time to go to college now and learn it, because we started late. And he goes, if we take the time to stop what we're doing and quote-unquote learn how to do it right, we're going to halt production. We're going to stop doing the work and producing. Yeah. And I like that attitude. I, I agree. Yeah. I think, and J- Josh, Josh kind of, I appreciate the pros. Yeah. Because I think I need to hear that. I need to, not, need to not think that my videos are all ready for prime time. They're not. Not yet. I find myself almost like when i go on tour i find myself almost like starved for like relevant feedback from particularly from other musicians you know like because i feel like there's so much like drunk talk and so much people (laughs) like people talking to you that weren't even paying attention so, (laughs) so it's like if people say something i really i really want to be critiqued in a way that has some like that's productive. merit, yeah. yeah. But at the yeah, at the same time, like a constructive criticism. Yeah, like at the same at the same time, it's I feel like you do have to keep in mind like like what you're doing, you know, like like it's only you that's gonna show up and film the shows or not. <laughs> and yeah, if you let if you let the the critiques mess you up too bad. It's like, yeah, it, it could be like, I'm shutting the whole thing down for five years to <laughs> to learn it. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll see you all again when I'm 48. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it happened so fast. Um, one last thing, because actually, I'm talking about actors and dialogue and all. Um, if I was just shooting videos of bands, I think I might have burned out by now, but. I actually got into shooting play, local plays, yeah. Um, and it kind of it was kind of a kind of blundered into it. I shot the ten minute play festival that was being um, curated by Lola Pearson of the Acme Corporation and Cricket Harrison, two of my big fucking heroes in the city. Mm. Lola and Cricket, they're fucking awesome. Um, and um, I went in there, and it was in the basement of the Bell Foundry. Uh, God bless the Bell Foundry. The dingiest, dankest performance space yes. <laughs> I have ever known. <laughs> and it was in July because it was synonymous with Artscape. So we were down there and I was on the dirty ass floor shooting up. Um, but I had this vision because um, I had this conversation with a very good friend a long time ago about I'm really into how theater informs cinema. Like, if I watch movies and I detect like, I know the actors have a background in theater, yeah. and they're bringing that theater experience to enrich this what they're doing cinematically. Yeah. That is really important to me. You know, and listening to those, bringing it back to the commentaries, when, like, a director on a movie's commentary says, yeah, Christopher Lloyd, 
Christopher Lloyd is someone that is talked about a lot. And the Back to the Future commentaries are like, yeah, Chris Lloyd has this background in theater, and he really brings it to the role. And watching Back to the Future, knowing that Christopher Lloyd is Mr. Theater Guy, and he went and brought his theater game to this Spielberg-produced Zemeckis-directed movie, yeah, I suddenly, his performance as Doc Brown suddenly clicks for me. I suddenly understand why his performance is so big in those movies. You know? Totally. It's it's one. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to to see watch Back to the Future and know that Christopher Lloyd is doing theater for film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it makes his performance as Doc Brown even more brilliant. Yeah. You know, and then he does it again in Roger Rabbit. They talk about how playing this character. Who, I hope I'm not spoiling who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> the Christopher Lloyd's character is actually a cartoon. He's a tune dressed up as a pretend incognito as a human. So throughout the whole movie, Christopher Lloyd's business is that I know underneath this flesh mask I'm wearing, I'm a wiggly cartoon, you know, yeah. and I'm totally evil. I'm, not, I'm like Hitler, right? Because he, he's a self-hating cartoon. He wants to exterminate other cartoons with yeah. a dip. But they point out on the common DVD and now Blu-ray commentary for that how often his theater experience informs how he's playing Judge Doom and Roger Rabbit. And when you watch that performance, it suddenly becomes a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I realize now, and I'm sorry for all the people out there who I will ask to work with who have not done theater, but I think when the time comes and I start casting my, my bits of video fiction, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull from theater, and I think I'm going to pull from theater actors almost exclusively. Oh, yeah. That's and awesome. Lola... Pearson has given me the greatest gift, um, which is essentially all I have complete access to everything her theater group, the Acme Corporation, forms. She is stoked for me to come in there and mm. shoot video of Acme yeah. Corporation. And when I shoot these plays, I feel like I'm I'm practicing for later when I shoot what I hope will be a piece of video cinema. Yeah, you know. And at the same time, it's just magical to capture. Because good actors, when you're playing, when you're on a stage, you're not playing to a camera, which is an intimate thing. You're playing to all these people who are in a room with you. Um, but my theory is that when an actor is in the zone, you can zoom way in tight on their face and see something magical. And that happened the first time I shot Acne Corporation. Lola had this wonderful idea. Was, so I think Lola and Stephen Nunn's co-directed Beckett's play. And they did it as a 24-hour cycle. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I remember hearing about it, yeah. I, I didn't even compute it when Lola posted about it on Facebook. Um, I'm like, I, I didn't seriously think she really meant that the actors were going to perform the play in a loop for 24 hours without sleeping. Right. right. <laughs> That's exactly what she meant. Yeah. And I was going to sleep that night, and the mighty John Diker posted. I was, because, uh, yes, I'm laying in my bed, the lights are off, but I'm checking Facebook on my phone. Because that's, that's where we're at right now. Right. And John Diker posted it. It was like 12.34 a.m. that he had just sat in on a couple of rotations of the Beckett's Play Cycle. And it's like, it's like this is a one-of-a-kind event. You have to come see it. You're, you know, this is, this is something you almost never get to see. And as I laid my, laid my head down and went to sleep, I realized because of John Diker's post, it really clicked. I'm like, holy shit. These actors really are doing this play in a 24-hour cycle without stopping, without sleeping. 
they're doing it right now as I'm closing my eyes to go to sleep. And when I wake up in the morning, they're still going to be doing it. Yeah. So I made a promise to myself before I fell asleep, fell asleep that night where I said, if I have the balls to do this in the morning. No, you know what? <laughs> Scratch that. I hate using male terms. I hate saying, I hate the idea of saying, you know, you're awesome doing something. You have balls. Yeah. And if you, if you're terrified of doing something, you're a pussy. Right, right, right. How sexist is that? It is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, having male parts makes you awesome, but you're suddenly a female body part yeah. if you're being carried. That's bullshit. And it's also kind of like, I don't want to think about your balls. Give it a big ups to Dan Keach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you Not land- your balls in particular. You land- <laughs> Dan, Dan, you landed that one. Um, but I got up in the morning. I'm like, if I have the wherewithal, I'm actually going to make a phone call to the Agni or send a message on Facebook, which is what I did to Lola, and ask for permission. I want to go and catch them in the home stretch for the last two hours mm. and get video of them and zoom in on their faces as they're doing this play in the 22nd and 23rd hour. Yeah. And see what human beings look like at that point. Yeah. And Lola was totally cool with it. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, I'm going to go tell them that you're com- tell people that you're coming. So they know you're coming and they don't think you're a weirdo just showing up with a camera and all. And I went and I shot the last two hours of Beckett's play, the 24 hour cycle. And I did, I was as good. Uh, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Um, as the actors would perform, I would zoom in tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter on their face. I want to bring you, I want you to scrutinize the eyes of some people who had been awake for over 22 hours yeah. and just <laughs> performing these lines. And I, I, I saw what I came to see. It was interesting. Um, there is a video of Sophie, the actress Sophie Hinderberger. All three actresses, Sophie Hinderberger and... I'm so sorry. I'm Naomi. I'm blanking on your name, and <laughs> I'm blanking on the other two actors. And Nate, Nate Cooper, Nate Cooper was the gentleman. It was, it was um, Sophie and Naomi. Um, but this one video of Sophie, I zoomed in super tight. I shot it in black and white, and. She had clearly long since gone to a faraway place. Mm. <laughs> you know, you, you can't even imagine the level of exhaustion. Yeah. But it made her performance so fucking real. Wow. Like, if, when we zoom in real tight on her face, you'll see her eyes, which look very dark and hollow at this point, kind of pausing and searching for a moment. And her, her character, uh, I think she's on the other side of her husband's infidelity, is in a moment, is in a place of despair. And Sophie's exhaustion informed that despair. And um, I was told later by Nate um, that none of the actors knew I was there, mm. which is crazy to think about. They, he told me that he goes, we don't even remember the last couple of hours. You know, I can see it. Man. I can yeah. see it, too. But that's actually the beginning of the obsession with shooting plays. And I, I want to thank the Acme Corporation and Lola Pearson for still including me. I promise you guys that one day... Uh, I will shoot a good video because <laughs> since the Beckett's play, I've really, I've tried, I work harder and not smarter and I end up trying too hard with the plays mm. and I usually come up with a product that falls short. Mm. But, um, that, that's where we're going in the future. Eventually I'm going to write and direct my own one act plays specifically for the purpose of shooting a video of them. And 
But, um, you know, in closing, I will say this, you know, <laughs> this is the part where I'll, I'll, I'll list off all the schools. So I said I went to Our Lady of Victory Catholic School. And we moved into uh, Anne Arundel County. I went to St. Philip Neri until I came to my senses in the sixth grade and said, I need to go into the cesspool that is public school. For the first six years of my life, I went to Catholic school. Until I was 17, I took faith, my faith in God very seriously. Uh, I'm an atheist now, or as I, as I describe it, I'm a pessimistic agnostic. Mm. <laughs> That's, um, but you can never stop being Catholic when you were really raised that way. Yeah. So sitting here and having this height zone world and conversation is kind of like, uh, now that we're at the end of it, I feel like it confession <laughs> father keep dan Keach. <laughs> what do you say then what does the priest say what does the priest say the priest says say 12 hail marys <laughs> 12 hail marys you know and i'm like is it about the is it it's repetition basically the priest is telling you to go home and rap all right thanks again to tom see you next week <laughs>